What you doing? Ran out of space on my phone, so I'm deleting some stuff. Bye, singing dog. Bye, goal. I pronounce you. Bye, wedding ceremony. Stop. At Metro PCS, you get two free phones with twice as much memory. Really? Don't say bye to your memories. Switch to Metro PCS and get two free LG K20 Plus phones with 32 gigs when you switch two lines. Metro PCS. Wireless. Figured out. Coverage not available in some areas. Sales tax not included in phone price. Excludes numbers on the T-Mobile network. See store for details and terms and conditions. This Mother's Day, take your mom on a cruise through the amazing aisles at Half Price Books. It's a trip around the world. Invite her to spend the day with her favorite authors, actors, musicians, hobbyists, and of course, her most thoughtful kid. After all, browsing a great bookstore with a loved one is probably just her cup of tea. Hey, mom gave you the gift of reading. Return the favor during Take Mom to a Bookstore Week, May 8th through Mother's Day at Half Price Books. Show. Blog Talk Radio. Thank you for joining our show today. I am your host, Wanda McKinley, along with Stephanie Kennedy Alfred, the co-host. I am the founder of We Are Survivors. We Are Survivors is a nonprofit organization, and our purpose is to provide a stable environment for abused, battered men, women, and children by providing temporary shelter counseling, and employment training. We want to help individuals transition from abusive situations to being self-sufficient individuals in society. We Are Survivors' vision is to empower men and women and to show them that they can and will survive and thrive in society on their own as well as to uplift them and provide them with a new perspective of what a normal life should be by enhancing and elevating them. I am a survivor of domestic violence. I was raped from the age of seven. Well, let me rephrase that. I was molested from the age of seven to 12 and raped from the age of 13 to 18 by my biological father and my stepfather. I was also actually also sexually, financially, verbally, emotionally, and physically abused by my ex-husband, and I was with him for 12 years. God has called me to be transparent so that I may help other individuals who have walked or may be walking in my shoes. Hello, Stephanie. How are you doing today? What about you, I'm I'm good. I'm like, where did you go? I couldn't hear you for a minute. <laughs> Tell us about what's going on with our fundraising events. Um, it's you know this is our last show before Thanksgiving because we will not be on next week because I'm gonna be fat full off some turkey. So tell us what you got going on. Okay, we currently have several fundraisers, and your survivors would love your support. We have our Corporate Plus Rewards Card, where if you currently have a Corporate Plus Rewards Card, or if you will go and get a Corporate Plus Rewards Card and link it to We Are Survivors, then each quarter, according to what you spend, um, they will send us a donation. So you're not doing anything different. You're just making sure that you're linked to We Are Survivors, and you go out and shop just like you normally shop, and each quarter they will send us a donation. Same thing with um, TomTom. You go to uh, TomTom.com 
and you link it to We Are Survivors. Oh, I forgot. If you go to Kroger.com and link it, um, you start typing in uh, We Are, uh, we are, and it should pull up We Are Survivors. Um, the same thing with TomThumb. You put it in their website, TomThumb.com, and you um, you link it to uh, we, are, we Are Survivors as well, and each quarter we'll get a um, donation. Then we also do the CPN discount card, which is $15 a year. You get discounts all over the U.S., and half of that comes to us. And we do the Compass Bank um, fundraiser. If you currently have a Compass Bank account or if you will go and get a Compass Bank account and link it to your survivor um, according to which, uh, how often you use your, your card or your account, um, they, they give a donation as well. So um, we appreciate your your help on any or all of those. And then we also do the Purple City Project. It's, where, um, it's one dealing with um, photography. And I would let Wanda explain that one because Wanda has done her pictures, did some beautiful pictures and everything, and because she's already gone through that process, I think it's best for her to explain that one. So Wanda, I'll turn that over to you. Thank you. It's called the Purple City Project, and what it is, it's like a, it's a domestic violence awareness photo shoot campaign. It can be personal. It can be professional. You can wear purple lipstick, purple socks. He even has a purple background in case you don't own anything purple, but purple will be somewhere in the picture. This fundraising event is actually to raise funds to be able to place someone when we receive that phone call and someone needs immediate evacuation. And unfortunately, as we keep stressing, the need for available beds in Dallas County is almost very little. Very Actually, there most of the time there is no bed available. I'm um, glad to announce that there is a facility that just opened in Tarrant County. But right now, as far as Dallas County is concerned, there is very little availability for beds. So when we receive phone calls, and we do, that money would be available for us to put someone in a room immediately. And he has four different packages. I'll just go over the first two. The first one is a $55 package, which is valued at $100. It's a 20-minute session, up to four people. It's unlimited shots. You get one look, so ladies, that means one change of clothes, and two edits. And the two edits, you get to pick two pictures, two of your favorite pictures. You get to Photoshop it if you need Photoshopping. If you don't, that's grand. But if you do, he'll do it, and your $55 is paying for your two pictures. Then you have your $80 package, which is valued at $160. You have 45-minute sessions, up to four people, unlimited shots, Two looks, which means you get to change clothes, and four edits, which means your $80 actually pays for four pictures. So if you have four people, then everyone can take home a souvenir. If not, then you just have four different pictures, four different poses of your event. And while you're having fun posing, because it really is fun, it was also a lot of work, but you're helping out someone that's going to need that, be it a man, woman, or child, someone's going to need that those funds to help them. So we're going to go into what we are survivors have going on in the community. Like I said, it is a holiday season, 
and the excitement in the air builds, but business-wise, we try to do the opposite because we've been going, 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 and going all year long. I, once again, want to thank everyone that has invited We Are Survivors to an event. Thank you for thinking of us. Thank the city of Dallas, the police department, for allowing us to be part of their summer program with the kids. That was a lot of fun. Uh, being there twice a week. How long was that, Stephanie? Was it three months, two months? How long was that? Do you remember? Two or three. It was It was a good program, though. I really enjoyed it. Yeah. We're looking forward to it next year. Um, but we want to thank, uh, like I said, the city of Dallas. We'd like to thank the police department. We'd like to thank um, the Southwest Center Mall for even having the back-to-school program and us being a part of that and Stephanie working really hard, getting people registered at the little table. That was really cute. <laughs> so just a lot of different events. <laughs> A lot of different events that we went to. I just want everybody to know that we are thankful, we are grateful, and we don't take any invite that we get for granted. Anything that we are part of, we don't take for granted because you didn't have to call us. You didn't have to think about us. So we just want to thank you. Already for 2017, we have several events already on the book. Several, did I say several? Several events already on the books for 2017. So just moving forward, we're not losing momentum. We are picking up momentum, which is a grand thing. Speaking of picking up momentum, I am so excited to announce that I did meet with the city of Lancaster, and we are moving forward with our first annual 5K walk in 2017. October 14th is the tentative date. So we're really excited about that. I am actually meeting with the police department next week to start up a domestic violence committee advisory board for the city of Lancaster so that we can put some things in place for residents who are in a domestic violence situation here in the city of Lancaster to be able to provide resources for them, to provide education for them, to educate students at the high school and the middle school and, Lord forbid, all the way down to the elementary school. We as survivors want to be a strong presence in the city of Lancaster and then branch out. But I want to start here in my um, subdivision, my city where I live. Can't be highly present somewhere else and not taking care of home. So I'm really excited about the city of Lancaster embracing We Are Survivors because that is a massive undertaking to get a city behind you. So I'm excited about that. We um, are working on our the International Women's Conference. You know, in August, We Are Survivors spoke internationally in Europe. And now We Are Survivors is actually hosting that same conference in Dallas, Texas, next year, August 25th and 26th are the dates. So stay tuned for that. As that unfolds and we get things in place, I want to thank Divine Productions, who is one of our sponsors, who actually has handled all of the hotel um, rates and the blackouts that she has to different locations. She's also set up a traveling website for the people that are coming in and flying in from different parts of the world. I thank her for that. 
and she's actually working on the food vendors. So anyone that can help remove anything from my plate, I thank them. Um, also want to thank Faith Diva, who is another one of our sponsors, who will be, uh, of course, dressing myself and my sister, a partner from Europe, um, our dresses for the evening. And uh, definitely we're going to talk about yours for that evening for the gala. That's also in the works. Uh, July 21st and 22nd, We Are Survivors has been, um, I want to say maybe like adopted for 2017. And there are several events that We Are Survivors will be able to benefit from, from monetary donations as well as tangible items that will be donated to us from these several events that are already, like I said, booked for 2017. And there's a women's conference. It's called RUN. Dr. Cassandra Bradford is the founder of that. And her women's conference that We Are Survivors is a part of is August. Like I said, August, no, July. Sorry, July 21st and 22nd. And then our conference, women's conference, is August 25th and 26th. So as you can tell, we have some back-to-back women's conferences. But... Enough for that. I want to get into the meat of our program. And, you know, for a while we've talked a lot about domestic violence. We've had just different open discussions. And I'm kind of going back to our original thing, and that's having guest speakers on, having survivors on, having people come on and tell their testimony and talk about how God brought them through what some people, when they hear our stories, are blown away, and I haven't physically met this woman, but we are going to be involved in co-writing a book together, so I'm excited about that, and without further ado, I'm going to open it up for Ms. Ira Warren. How are you doing today? Uh, I'm just so excited. Y'all don't even know. (laughs) I was just so excited about what God is doing and what he's doing with his children, the body of Christ. Um, You know, and and my grandfather used to say something when I was a little girl because my father, uh, my grandfather, he he was a a pastor for many years. And he also walked with Martin Luther King, you know, and uh, he said, you know, there is no big eyes and no little you. And he said, you know. He said, when you do, he said, he said, the only thing that you're going to do in this lifetime that will last is what you do for Christ. And, and I, and I believe that with all my heart, you know, it says the more and more I walk with God and the more I get closer to him and, and just completely deny and, and die to myself daily, I see more of what he wants me to do. I'm just excited. Yeah. <laughs> I, hey, and it, it's something because. I was telling someone, um, actually today, for me it's exciting to be a chosen one, to actually know my purpose, to actually know my calling, to know why I was put here on earth. Because there's people that walk around and leave this earth and not know why they were put here from the beginning. But I feel so honored and so blessed that God said, okay, my child, now you're ready now let me explain to you and show you why you are here. This is your purpose. This is why you were made. And for me to be able to walk in it, 
is amazing. Right. I, I feel different. And when I'm, I'm talking to someone, I'm in a room sometimes with people, and I feel out of place because it's like I, I know why I'm here. It's amazing. Right. It's an amazing feeling. So, Ira, um, mm-hmm. we were on a show, a radio show together, uh, Tuesday night, Tuesday evening. I was trying to be on the radio show, be in class. My professor was telling me like I was crazy because I had my um my my earpiece thing in my ear and I'm really listening. Then when I hear my name, I got to step out and answer the question. It was hilarious, but I did it. <laughs> I uh, was so touched and amazed um, by your story. And while we were actually on the radio, I was like inboxing you. I need you on my show, and here <laughs> you are. So I want you to share as much as you feel comfortable with to the listening audience and the people that actually, because this will be put on Facebook. Uh, the so whatever you say, if they didn't hear it live, they will hear it memorized. Okay, not a problem. Not a problem. I'm (laughs) to the point where I have shared my story so much. I mean, I've been sharing since I was 17. And, um, you know, to now have a voice, you know, with uh, child molestation is an awesome thing to me. Um, Mm -hmm. You know, unfortunately, you know, I'm, I'm originally from Gary, Indiana, but Texas is really home for me. I lived in I was born in Gary, Indiana. Uh, we left there when I was 11 years old, and we moved to Texas. Um, all the the molestation started when I was four years old. You know, it was the 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 fondling. Um, mm-hmm. By six years old, I was doing Valacio. I mean, I was if, if you know what Valacio is. Um, mm-hmm. uh, I was doing all of those things. You know, I mean, I was watching porn porn movies with my father sitting on his lap. You know, while he did whatever he wanted to do to me you know, in in my toddler years, like from four all the way until wow. six years old, you know, those things were happening to me, you know, and I knew it was wrong, you know, because I would say, Daddy, please don't do this, you know, don't do not do this, you know, I'd say, why? And he was like, you're Daddy's little girl, you know, I love you. And it wasn't until later on, as I got older and I understood that this whole thing was mainly about control more than it was sex. You know, it is, but it isn't, you know. So my dad was a very uh-huh. controlling man. He was that person that, you know, if my mom, you know, looked to the left too long, you know, she was getting slapped upside the head, you know, because he just had that much control over the entire family. Um, and I, the first time I was penetrated, you know, by my father when I was nine years old, I mean, uh, my hymen care broke at nine years old. And then on top of that, I was wow. sodomized that soon. You know, I was, you know, he was, he had had anal sex with me, you know, at nine. And I remember, you know, after he did whatever he was doing, it was just like an animal. I could just still hear his grunting and the sweating, the sweat dripping from his brow onto me and my little frame body. I probably wasn't no more than 75 pounds soaking wet. And I was, you know, held down while he did whatever he wanted to do to me. You know, and, you know, not to be explicit or anything, he wasn't a small man, you know. I'm right. like, you know, he he ripped me, you know, he tore me to pieces. And um, I remember wow. this happened on a Saturday during the summer because school. And I, you know, would go 
normally I would go sell dinners with my mom at the church. Now, this happened in Indiana before we moved to Texas. And, you know, the old school churches, Methodist churches, you know, how they would sell dinners, you know, to bring it. Like, my grandfather right. was totally against it. He was like, you don't have to sell dinners, you know. But, you know, that, he said, I just don't want y'all to sell dinners. God will provide. So that, that that was one of the days I wanted to go with my mom because I felt in my spirit that morning when I woke up, it was something different in the atmosphere. It was the way my dad was looking at me, you know, during, you know, across the breakfast table, the way he would eat his food, the mm-hmm. way he would lick his finger. It was just the, just the whole sickness of it, you know. And I begged my mom, you know, I said, Mom, please. You know, because I had scared her that morning. She was stirring some grits. And I said, Mom, and she jumped around, and she was upset, you know, because I wasn't intentionally trying to scare her. But she was upset, and she was like, no, you're going to stay your behind here. She didn't say it like that, though. No. She was like, you're going to stay here with your daddy, and you're going to do your right. chores, and you're going to leave. And I just remember just feeling uneasy that day. And um, so, Mom, she went. She left. And I remember my friend Yvette, you know, she was waiting for me outside the door. She was like, girl, hurry up with your chores. So as my mom was leaving, my, my friend, she was singing the song, Ding Dong, the witches, girl, because she hated my mom. I was like, girl, don't hate my mom. She was like, no, because have you in this situation and you need to tell. And I, it was like, it was a fear because my dad was like, if you tell, I'm killing everybody. And he meant that because he had several guns in the house. And uh, so I, I thought that I can't, you know. Um, so that day when my mom had left, Yvette said, you know, hurry up, thought, hurry up with my chores. And my dad checked them. And I mean, it was like military in our household. My dad would actually put on a glove. And if it was some dust, no, you need to clean that again. That's how he was. He was like, EF Hutton, whatever he said, you do it. And so, you mm-hmm. know, I did my chores to the best of how he wanted me to do it. And he said, okay, you can go outside. I wasn't even outside 10 minutes. And he said, Ira, my full name is Ira now. He said, Ira now, come here. And I was scared because when he would talk, it was something about his voice because my dad is 6'3 and my mom is 4'8. So, you know, that's a big difference wow. in height. So I was, my heart started beating fast. My hands were sweaty. And I walked through. He said, come through the back door. And I walked through the back door. And I said, yes, dad. And he was sitting on the couch in the living room, and I'll never forget it. We had this crushed uh, velvet, like, maroon-like couch, and we had the lamps that had, like, the little teardrops on them. I don't know if y'all remember those. <laughs> and he mm-hmm. was sitting on the couch. And said, Dad, I said, did I not do my chores? He said, no. He said, you did your chores real good. And he said, it's not what I called you in here for. And I said, am I going to get a whooping? And he was like, no, 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 you're not going to get a whooping. He said, you didn't give Daddy a kiss today. And I was like, oh, okay, you know, so I wasn't thinking nothing of it, you know. Um, so uh-huh. he grabbed me between his legs like he was sitting on the arm of the couch, and he tongue-kissed me. I said, and I pushed him away. I took both of my hands, and I kind of, you know, like palmed his face with both of my hands. I said, no. And he was just like, I love you. And next thing I know, I was being drugged, and he in my mom's room, he drugged me in the room. He snatched his porn magazine from the closet. And he says, you're old enough. I said, old enough for what? And I'm just crying. And he was like, look at this. And, I, and I'm, I took both of my hands and I'm covering my face. And he peels my fingers from my face one by one. And he was like, no, you're going to look at this. And you need to know what I'm going to do to you today. And just the fear. Wow. Just, I was just like, at that moment, 
you know, because I, I was in church all my life. I just was like, God, just just take me right now. And that's all I could think, just take me right now. So after he forced me to watch this book, I mean, um, look at this porn magazine, um, I was sitting at the edge of the bed, and he was like, well, take your shorts off. And I was like, no. So I remember him shoving me back on the bed, and he snatched my shorts off of me. And I took my hands, and I'm trying to cover my private area. And I'm just like, Dad, please don't do this. And he was breathing all hard, and he took his pants down, and he was wrecked, and he was just like, I love you. And then the next thing you know, I was screaming, and he put his hand over my mouth. And then that's when that was the time that he had sodomized me. And the phone rang. No, my brother knocks at the door. He goes, Dad, you in there? He goes, get away from the door. I'm sleeping. I'm, I'm, I'm taking a nap. And so my brother, I could hear him run down the hallway, but he had his hand over my mouth. But did I dare to scream? No, I didn't. I, because I, he, you, because I was terrified of my father. So after he right. finished, you know, doing what he was doing to me, he had um, the phone rang again. It was my mom, and you know, she had to check in. She said, "Well, I'm on my way home," and he knew how far it was from the church into the house. So she was one minute late. She was gonna get her behind one. Bottom line, she, if she was one minute late, she was in trouble. So I remember him after he finished doing what he was doing and I got up from the bed, the bed was full of blood. And he said, he, he, he panicked and he was like, go to the restroom, go to the restroom right now. And I remember going to the restroom and I pressed up against the door with my little small frame and I was running the bath water at the same time and I'm crying. And when I got in the tub, the blood, the, 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 the water went from white to pink to just like a cherry red color. And I was ripped. He had ripped my behind and, you know, tore mm. my hymen. I mean, I was a bloody mess. And he was like, well, put on one of your mom's uh, tampons and, you know, and he put a pad. I mean, he it's just like he just knew what he was doing, you know. So after all that was finished and, I, you know, he, he was saying, hurry up and come out of the bathroom. So I came out and he was like, I'm sorry. This never going to happen again. And, you know, for a while it didn't until stepsister came. That we didn't, I didn't even know we had a stepsister until uh, the summer of 90. Um, I mean, no, the summer of 79. That's when I found out we had a stepsister. My mom did not want her to come, you know, to stay the summer with us. But long story short, mm-hmm. she took two number two pencils, wrapped it with tape, and she molested me with pencils. <laughs> wow. Uh-huh. She was making me do stuff to her, and I was just like, wait a minute, you know. And I was telling her, no. I was like, Linda, no, I don't want to do this. And she was just like, I love you. I care. I was like, you don't even know me, you know. And I'm fighting, and, and, and you know, I was sleeping under the bed. And, you know, she stayed the whole summer with us. And I was just like, you know, I just can't wait till she leave. And, you know, and when she left, I thought everything was over with. I thought what my dad said after he did what he did, he said, oh, this is over with. It's, it's not going to happen again. But lo and behold, he, my father, he painted cars for a living. My parents was always entrepreneurs. They really never worked for anybody. So he built this garage behind our house. We lived off of 601 Allen Street. I'll never forget our address because that's where we lived in, in uh, Indiana. And so he built, and my dad was into race cars. So my dad was popular in the community. Everybody loved Jake in the community. So we think we thinking, okay, the garage will be built for cars to be painted. No, that garage was also built for him to molest me and my siblings in the middle of the night as well. <laughs> wow. So sometimes it would be duct tape on the mouth so we couldn't scream or, 
whatever the case may be. And then it escalated to him making us have sex with our brother. I mean, it just escalated. It just went up and up and up. I mean, to the highest level of sickness you could think of, you know. We did everything but bestiality because <laughs> he was just that sick. Wow. And um, so my freedom came when supposedly my dad had did something to somebody and killed. I don't know what it was, but he came rushing through the house. Um, he said, we got to go. We got to leave. We got to leave. We got to leave. And my sister and I, we had just got a brand new bedroom set. And um, we had to sell everything in the house. And his brother, James, took all our records, whatever we couldn't take or we couldn't pack in our car. We went by. We said bye to, to our Madea that lived, you know, she lived in Indiana as well. We said bye to her. And then my dad took us to Arkansas, Osceola, Arkansas, where his mother lived. And he dropped us off. And then he and my mom went to Texas. This was 1980. And we stayed there with um, his mom for a year. I was so free. Y'all don't even know. <laughs> I was like, wow. Yeah. Oh, nobody's touching me. I didn't have no interest in boys. People thought I was gay. I, I, I didn't care what they thought. I was just happy to not have to go through the the stitch mm-hmm. because I hated the smell of my father. I hated who I was as a, I mean, I, by this time I'm 12 years old. And I mean, I would literally, you know, the Brillo pads you would scrub a pan with. I would literally mm-hmm. scrub my vagina clothes with that because I hated what he had done to me, you know. And I was doing wow. this all the way up until last year, my niece. No, no, four years ago, my niece um, came to my apartment, and she said, Auntie, what are you doing? And I was in the bathroom scrubbing because sometimes I go through my bout if it's a certain smell or if it's something that triggers, you know, don't mm-hmm. touch me. Just let me let, let me sit through this. Let me see how I'm going to figure out, you know. So it's, I never right. had the opportunity, you know, to sit in front of someone and say, hey, you know, I need some help or whatever the case may be. But I, I have spiritual counseling, but, you know, just to sit and say, how do I overcome this and how do I get over this? It's been all God through this whole process. Um, right. But um, it, it started back up again. You know, my grandmother was tired. She said, look, you need to come get your five kids. <laughs> I can't do it no more because my grandmother had shingles. And, you know, she was going downhill as far as her health. And I understood that. And I begged to stay mm-hmm. with my Auntie Evelyn. I was like, please let me stay, you know, because I didn't want to have to face what was going to happen next. And, and I knew my father was lying because his appetite for control and sex was just over the top. So we moved to Texas. We was, we, my parents moved in this beautiful home in Katy, Texas. And um, everybody had their own room. Uh, my mom was very materialistic, so she didn't see what he was trying to do. You know, he was like, okay, I need to make sure they have their own rooms because this is going to be my opportunity for me to do what I want to do. And he did. I mean, then it, I mean, it was to the point he made my mom get a job working at night so he could have sex with me and my sister while she was at work. I mean, it just, and if, if he was going to pick her up from work, because he didn't, he forbid my mom to drive herself to work, so he had to take her and pick her up. So before he would go pick her up, he would drive behind uh, the elementary school 
that my baby brother went to and have sex with me before he went to go pick up my mom. So my mom didn't know that he had sex with me before we picked her up from work. Wow. You know, molested me. Yeah. So it just, it, like I said, it was just a level of sickness, you know. I was just like, and I, I remember asking my dad, I said, did this happen to you? And he was like, no. This ain't happened to me. You got to understand, you know, this is how it is. You know, even in the Bible, you know, they say, you know, so he brought the biblical stuff. And I was like, yeah, but in the thing, brother, it was forbidden to lay with your daughters. I said, so let's not go there. You know, so I knew a little mm-hmm. something about the Bible. But he was really into, you know, I'm the king of this house and I'm, I'm going to be like David and I'm going to have many wives. And I mean, he was really saying all of this. And it got to the point where my mom would say, you know, he's God to me. I, I don't know which y'all little helpers, and, I, and I'm being clean when I'm saying what I'm saying, you know. Mm-hmm, so my right. mom was being, yeah, she was just, my mom was cruel. Uh, this woman was spitting my food and slapped me across the face. And 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 since I came out the womb, I, I knew I was a giver. I knew I wanted to be a minister. I knew I wanted to sing. I knew I wanted to help people. I, I That's how I was. And I remember taking some food to two of the kids, um, children at the school that I went to. I went to Marquette Elementary in um, in Indiana, and I was given uh, some of the – I had given some food to one of the kids. And my teacher called and said, you know, I was bringing extra food to school. And my mom was like, what? She was upset. And she denied me food. For, you know, she denied me hmm. dinner. I didn't have dinner for days, like weeks. She was like, I'm going to teach wow. you a lesson. So what I would do, I would save the lunch, put it in my backpack in the middle of the night. That's what I would eat. And she, she always was like, well, how come this little helper never complain? You know, and then she found out. Then she went through my backpack and she was like, oh, so this is how you going to do this? You know, so my mom always treated me like the other woman. Why? Because a child was conceived. I had a child by my father. And so I remember her slapping me in the face and she was like, how could you do this to me? And I'm looking at her like, whoa, wait a minute. I'm your child. How could you let exactly. your husband do this? How could you let him do this to me? And so we went through all those bouts and everything. And my my dad divorced my mom the year I married my first husband in 94. She divorced. They divorced. And my mom was going through something because my brother, um, it's been tw- almost 25 years now. My, uh, my brother that's under me, he died of leukemia. He had cancer. And my mom wanted a replacement. So um, she pretended that she wanted to have a relationship with me when her and my dad had separated. They they wasn't divorced yet. And um, she said, well, Ira, you want to come to the house? You know, I know you're trying to get on your feet. And I was like, oh, okay. So I said, she really wanted a relationship with me. Me being naive and not seeing the signs, rolling forward. Joshua, my son that I had by my father, he falls off the bed into one of those electric heaters. He burns his leg. Oh, Wow. So I rushed into the emergency room. I told them what happened. And um, they say, well, you got to be careful because you know children. And he's like, and then I, Joshua, he was like, my mama, good mama. My mama, good mama. You know, he's a baby. You know, he was, you know, trying to let these people know. Now, my mama didn't do this. But the next morning, I'm on my way to my third job because I always kept three jobs to take care of my boys. The cops say, are you Ira, uh, Ira Neil Jacobs? I say, yes. They said, well, it's been reported that you are abusing your children. I was like, what? 
So I turn around and my mom is standing behind me with her arms folded and she looking at me like, I got you. (laughs) She had my children Mm, taken mm. away from me for several years. I was devastated. And during that time, Mom, I said, look, I was abused in this home. Y'all, they said, no, we look, we ain't got nothing to do with that. That's what they said. We don't have nothing to do with you grown, so we don't have nothing to do with that. So my baby brother, whom just got out of prison, he molested my child that I had by my father at five. So you're talking about generational wow. just over, my over, God. over, and yeah. over, and over, and over. So I didn't find this out until Joshua was 14 years old. I didn't find out until he was 14 years old because when I when I met my first husband, he paid all this money for me to get my children back. It was two boys. I had Joshua and William. And so he, I had met my first husband when I was 17, and he was 27. And then a couple of years later, we he said, you know, I know you've been through a lot. You know, I just want to be there for you. It wasn't that we was in love or anything like that. He just wanted to take care of me, you know. And so my mom was like, you might as well let that because ain't nobody going to want no ready-made family. You might as well. And, you know, like I said, it wasn't that I loved him. I cared about him. I thought he was a good guy, you know, and I and I married him. And we was together almost 20 years. But lo and behold, he was a blessing. You know, he was like a father to me. He fathered me more than wife me because I didn't know anything. I was broken and tore up and all kinds of stuff, you know. So anyway, I I, I um, ended up getting my children back because of Curvin Rector. I am going to say his name because he's a good guy. And he did help me get my children back, you know. And I remember the judge calling my, my dad a sick so-and-so. He was just like, I read your daughter's records. And he was like, had I known that this happened to her? Because it was years that had gone by by this time. And, um, you know, so it really wasn't nothing that they can do. But like they say, when you plant a seed, it's going to grow. That harvest is going to come. So eventually my dad did go to prison, not because of what he did to us. He molested his second wife, a young lady that went to school with us. He married her. Her name is Teresa. He married her. Mm-hmm. And he molested her daughter and son. And he went to prison. Wow. They gave him, they gave him 15 years. He only did five. <laughs> Mm. And my brother, they they gave him 15 years, and he only did five. And um, and and I know Joshua is still hurting um, about this because he would come to me. He said, "Mom, you know, I'm struggling with who I am as a man." And you know, we would sit down and and we would pray, and you know, we would just talk about it, talk about it, talk about it, and you know, you know, thank God to God be the glory, you know. Um, he has a beautiful family. He has um, two daughters, one son, a, a beautiful wife named Brittany. I mean, Joshua's doing well. You know, does he still have his struggles? Yes, he does. You know, because when a man, you know, takes another man's, you know, dignity, you know, his right. is that mm-hmm. that's deep. You know, I mean, and and I know how he yes. feels because I've had, I had a woman do that to me, a young girl do that to me. My sister that was, you know, a couple of years older than me. She was, I think she was 14 and I was nine when she did that to me. So I understand how he feels or, or how he felt, you know. Um, right. But the, the thing, it just, it just kept, it just, it just went on for so long. And uh, I mean, just to go backwards a little bit, um, 
when 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 I, when I found out I was pregnant, um, my sister went to the high school, it was Taylor High School. We went to in Katy, um, and you know Katy is known for football, <laughs> and uh, she told the principal. The principal was devastated. She was like, "And your sister is pregnant," and I remember the cops coming to the school. They put jackets over our head. They let us out the back door. You know, took us you know, to Richmond, Texas, all the way out somewhere in this big white house where, where other children that was raped and molested, and, and lo and behold, it was more boys than it was girls. You know, wow. And I just, I never returned home after that. My sister, she was old enough to get her own place. And then and my, they said, look, you're not putting my sister in foster care. I'll take her. So, you know, I, that's when I met William Green and, um, I thought he understood everything. He was like, I'm sorry you went through all of that. And, you know, kind of find out he was abused. And so that, therefore, he abused me. We had a son together, William Green, Jr. And it's crazy because both of them are right now, as we speak, somewhere outside of San Antonio, they're in the same prison. His father's in prison for for stabbing me. Um, He murdered our unborn child. And he's been in prison since he was 17. So... And then my son, his son, you know, William, you know, we always, we raised our children, you know, in the best neighborhoods. I homeschooled my children. William was an honor roll student. I mean, smart as a whip, good-looking guy, you know, but he just wanted to run the street and run behind these people or these young boys that wasn't his friend, you know. So my son doing 15 years for armed robbery, <laughs> And he has twin sons, you know, that he's not going to see for another two years. So he's up for parole uh, 2019. So it's just like my life has just been wow, a lot. It's been a lot, you know, from being raped by pastors in Texas. I mean, you name it. It just, it has just escalated, you know, and now I'm to the point where I have just said, okay, God, you know, since since it just wasn't my time, all the last 540 times all this stuff has happened to me, I guess it just wasn't my time. I guess I'm just going to have to take this pain and use it for purpose. That That's the only thing I could think mm-hmm. of at this point. And, and you're just going to have to heal me because I need it. You know, I need I need to be healed right now with all this stuff that I'm I'm enduring. You know, because I was that 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 young girl that was into ideation. Y'all don't know how many times I looked at a bottle of prescription pills and I was into cutting. Um one one day I almost took my whole car off the freeway and God saved me. My kids was in the car. William ended up getting like sixteen stitches across his forehead and I was done. I was tired. And um and I was just all I could think about was I next <laughs> you know, I said, but since I'm here well, God just, you know, use me. And I'm going to keep telling my story. I'm not going to sugarcoat it. I'm not going to hide it. All the way up until September right. 5th of last year, my parents was for it. My, my new husband now, which has just been, he's been, he was a godsend, and he's been my anchor. I mean, he just, he said, we're going to carry this, 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 this baggage, and we're going to drop this baggage together. We're going to do this again. He's just been. You know, God is my everything, but the God in him is my everything. You know, he just helped me just uh-huh. just, just release a lot of stuff, you know. 
So um, I just want to do God's will. I'm I'm where you at, you know, sis. I'm I'm ready to. I'm just to the point where I'm ready to stand outside on the blocks while when the sun goes down and the lights is out and scream while they sleep. Hey, come out of that girl's room. Yeah. You know, I'm just, yeah. I'm just to that, I'm just to that point because you know that's where the dirt goes is behind closed doors. Nobody, you're you right. know, you know, we could go to a church and you sitting in there, you know, you, the, the pastor got an issue with, you know. Uh, um, perversion and he can't keep his hands to himself and stuff like that. I've gone in churches in Texas where I've gotten thrown out. They're like, no, you can't come in here with that. No, 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 no. Bye. Uh, My whole school uh-uh. was talking about molestation and fornication and all that. And they was like, no, you can't come in here talking about that. So I'm sold out. Does your son, does your son know that his father is your father? Yes, he does. He does. And, it, you know, he was angry with me. You know, he was like, Mom, you know, how could you let this happen? You know, with him being so young, he didn't understand all the logistics of everything that was going on. But now he does. You know, he despised, you know, because at first, you know, he was really, really upset with my mom, you know. And he was just like, you know, that's your daughter. You know, why would you take my mom out of that situation? And the crazy thing is, you know, when my parents um, separated and then divorced, like, in 1980, I want to say 1998, they had divorced. They had finally went through their divorce. My mom moved to Atlanta, Georgia. And so she stayed there for four years, and my baby sister begged her to come back. And she said, well, Ira, could you meet me up here and drive back with me? I said, yeah, sure. But that was my opportunity to talk to her, like woman Mm -hmm. to woman. And I said, Mom, I say we having a good time on this road trip and everything. I said, but when we get back home, we need to talk. She was like, oh, okay. She, you know, I could almost hear her heartbeat. And I remember her, we were sitting at the kitchen table, and I said, Mom, you never asked all the stuff he did. And I said, in order to free myself, I said, I forgive the both of you. I said, but it's some things you need to hear. <laughs> Right. And I sat there and I told her everything and I mean my mom took her nails and dug it in her arms. You know how people fold their arms? And she dug mm-hmm. her nails and she scratched I mean she went to Greenberg and she took the skin off her arm. She she was like, I can't hear no more And I was like, Mom, sit down. Uh uh-uh, uh, you not running. Right. I said I said, no, no, ma'am. No, ma'am, press hair. You going to listen. And she had to. She had no choice. And she hated me for another eight years. I was okay with that. I was okay with that. And uh, my older sister, she, you know, she was like, well, you know, that's our mom. And, you know, and then she'll go, my older sister, she'll go through her bout, you know. She loves us. And then it's a, they have a love-hate relationship. My sister done beat my mama up and all kinds of stuff. And, and now they they cool again. They they back in each other's good grace again, you know. But me, mm-hmm. after uh, my parents called and cut me off for the hundredth time, I'm done. I've, I've forgiven. I don't have no hurt. I don't have no animosity. But I am staying vertical with God, and I'm moving forward. 
And my dad called me talking about, oh, I thought you changed, and, and we had no problem with you sharing your story, and, and you, you you down there telling that man, and all of a sudden, it went from son-in-law to the man, you know, he his whole, everything <laughs> just changed. I mean, you, have, you have a freedom of speech, and you can say what you want to say, you know. If you look up Robert Lee Jacobs Sr., he going to pop up. He going to pop up. When he got out of prison, his 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 picture was all over Kroger's. <laughs> I was walking in there to get some food. Wow. I said, whoa, <laughs> They sent out cards and put them in your mailbox. This is a sex offender that's in such and such mile radius of where you live. You know, so he's going to have to wear that, you know, wear that crown that he made for himself for the rest of his life. But he's right. mad because now my husband, he just walked through the door. He told my husband, oh, yeah, Chubb, that he's still calling my childhood nickname. She needs to share her story because she can help a lot of people. Because when I was in prison, I heard her songs, and they, they, they helped me and blah, blah, blah. You know, he was the whole hoodwink, bamboozled. I'm still a manipulator because he still run my mom. You know, she still, she she remarried him, by the way. You know, she remarried him 2005. I mean, he didn't even, he wasn't even out four months before they got married. Remarried. So, you know. Well, there's something that my my mother uh, married my father more than once. And my father was abusing my mother. Isn't that something? And even to this day, my mom and dad, my mother acts so different in the presence of my father. Yeah. And I had no idea until I became transparent that my father was abusing my mother. Yeah, that's how it No is. idea. Mm-hmm. So it's, now it's my thing about... No, go ahead. Go ahead. You go ahead. No, I was just I, I was just going to say he's not punching and hitting my mom, but he still he still manipulate. He he has her mind. You know, she don't she doesn't think for herself. You know. If he say jump, she say okay. How many times? You know that's that's it. You know he has her. He's 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 subliminal with it. She you know she don't see it. Mm-hmm. You know because he showers her with all of these things. You if you was to open up a Martha Stewart magazine, that's my parents. I mean house decked out, nice cars, Mercedes, this diamond rings. You know, and that's 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 how he's always been able to reach my mom by just giving her what she wants. So as of today, you all, where's y'all's relationship as of today? We don't talk at all. They call, like I said, they called me after I did my first interview when I moved here, which was um, September 5th of last year. And then maybe a week or two weeks after the interview, I told my mom before I even did the interview, look, I'm going to tell. She said, yeah, you know, people got to be delivered and set free just as well as the offender. The the victim has to be, you know, she was saying all the right things. She was saying all the right things. And then my she my dad called. She didn't call. He called. And I was quiet. And he was just like, oh, I'm just disappointed. I thought you changed. I'm saying to myself, for what? <laughs> and he was like, I don't want to have nothing else to do with you. We disown you. Uh, 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 uh. I found your uh, birth certificate. I erased my name off your birth. Yeah, I was like, okay. Okay, I took your pictures off my wall. I don't. I don't want to think of you. Look at you, and I'm saying to myself, but you have no earthly idea 
and in, in my mind at the time, I say, you chauvinist, whatever pig. I was saying all kinds of stuff in my mind, but I didn't say anything. I was quiet. I didn't say a word. And, I, and then he was like, you have a good life, and I wish you well, and, and, and just know I love you. <laughs> I was like, wow, okay. Wow. And we hadn't talked to him. And, and it's, it's going to stay that way. Because he hasn't come to some acceptance because both of them are still in denial. Um, right. That's how it's going to be. That is a wow. Because my father um, and me and my father were close. Like I said, Tuesday, my story, the way I processed and the way God protected me from so much so when I did come out and tell my story, my father did call, and his thing was the two years. This what is today? Two years this month. Uh, so last time I heard my father's voice, and his thing was, "Hey, baby, I hear someone's lying on us," and I was like, "Huh?" That's what that's what I'm hearing. Mm-hmm. Yeah, like I'm hearing, you know, someone saying that, you know, I've raped you and, you know, all of these things. And I'm like, Dad, and I just simply said on the phone, I said, it is you and I on this phone, and I am not that little girl anymore. I said, and you cannot convince me otherwise. I know what yeah. you did to me. I said, and you're not getting ready to try and manipulate my thoughts. I am Grown, and then he just kind of you know, he's like, "Well, baby, just you know, be careful what you say." And I said, "Well, what is that supposed to mean?" Because you know, you those kind of men. You, and my father was military, and my mom was stay at home. So those kind of men you don't defy, you don't challenge, you don't stand up to. So he's like, "Oh, somebody's at my door. Hold on." He said, "Well, no, wait a minute. I'll just call you back." And I said, "Okay." I haven't heard from my father since. So he's changed his number. I have not heard from my father. And me and my father, one Sunday, you know, he's like, hey, what are you doing? I was like, I'm getting ready for church. He's like, I'm going to go to church with you. I said, Dad, you live in San Antonio. I'm like, I'm going to go to church with you. I said, Dad, I don't have time. you playing with you. I'm getting ready to go to church. So I open your door. My dad was sitting outside my house. My dad had Whoa. gotten up just that early, got dressed, drove from San Antonio, went to church with me, ate with dinner with me after church and drove back to San Antonio. That is the kind of relationship me and my father had before I decided to be obedient to God and be transparent to my story. So for mm-hmm. me, okay, not only am I going through all of this emotional, but now I've lost my father. I forgave him years ago. Yeah. But I guess all the things that you were doing for me, as long as I was quiet, we were we were cool. As long as I didn't tell yep. the truth. You were going to do whatever you need to do to make sure I kept my mouth closed. And I realized that all these years, that's all you were doing, was trying to make sure I kept my mouth closed. Yes, so I have to go through all that emotional, like, whoa. Uh, now I'm like, okay, so it, it, what part of my life was true? Or were you just doing what you thought you had to do to keep my mouth closed? Because now the father that I had is totally gone. Like, it just vanished. Like, how can I be your number one child, your number one daughter, as you would always say? I love you the most. 
can't, <laughs> wouldn't know what life would be without you. You said all those things to me. As long as I kept my mouth closed, as long as I didn't tell your little dirty secret, you kept me, bought me things. It didn't. You <laughs> would jump over the moon for me. As long as I kept my mouth. So now I'm now I'm sitting back looking at all of this, and I'm like, oh, wow. So what part of our relationship was really honestly fatherly, daughterly love? What part of it was, or did it even exist? Where when the lines become blurred, the first time you touched me, is that when you switched off your father mode and went into abuser mode and stayed there? and did whatever you had to do to keep that little girl quiet. And it worked almost 40 years. Yeah, it's amazing. My dad was the same way. I mean, he was cool on the other side of the pillow. I mean, we was like, you know, I could go over to the house with mom not even being there, and he'd be like, oh, hey, tell how you doing? You want something to drink, baby? You know, oh, here's $30, you know. You didn't have to come out here. And I'm like, that's okay, I'm good. You know, I was paying my parents' mortgage and buying stuff for the house. And, you know, I wasn't doing it in some kind of peace offering or whatever. I was doing it because I loved them, you know. And we had a good right. relationship all, all the way up until September 5th of last year. And, you know, <laughs> my mom was worried about her reputation. My friends don't talk to me no more. And I'm like, get over it. <laughs> This is not about right. you, you know. You, if you had a stayed at the um, the shelter with us, my mom, she took, she looked at me and my older sister. She said, "Y'all help us don't go downstairs and tell that woman that that y'all lied." Because <laughs> she uh-huh. wants to go back to her whole six bedroom house and her Mercedes and her diamond ring. Yeah, wow. she told us to go and tell that woman. And that woman, she looked at us with tears rolling down her face. And she said, I know y'all not lying. And my sister said, well, can you just take us? She said, your mom have to say this happened. You know, things were just different in the 80s. And, and, you know, things were just different back then. You know, so it's, you know, so now now. I I stare in the face of 42 predominantly black young girls where I work and they've gone through the same thing. It's a 13 year old girl just got an abortion from her own daddy. <laughs> just got an abortion. She said, I don't want this baby. Wow. It's my daddy's baby. You know, and she, and she, she, and just the, 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 the oncology of where they, the dynamics of where she lived, you know, so she lived in a poverty area, you know? So, she said, oh, my uncles, you know, everybody. You know, she it was just like she was talking like it was something normal. But she don't know no better. Right. Exactly. And mm-hmm. I understand that. Yeah. She that's, what, no that's, that's what I'm saying, you know. Yeah. That's that's your way of life. Until you get older and, and start looking like, wait a minute, this is not right. Because when I was about 15 with my stepfather, I was like, wait a minute, this, I'm, I don't like boys my age. I don't want to be able to talk to boys my age. And, you know, as, oh, that's another story. And yes, I were. We got less than uh, a minute left on the show or about a minute left on the show. And yeah. it's moments like this when uh, 60 minutes is not long enough for these these shows. 
No, it's not. Oh, wow. <laughs> but we always can continue um, doing another show uh, after yes. Thanksgiving holiday. Definitely going to pick up because we really do have some things in common. Um, Stephanie, you have anything to say before we get off the show for tonight? <laughs> No. I know she got it muted. <laughs> oh. I know she got it muted. Well, I do okay. want to thank um, Ira for coming out. We will have you again. That's a promise because we got more to talk about. Because um, yes. I also want to talk about how God brought you through. Uh, things that, yes. you know, because there are signs, and here we go, because I, I have less than a minute, so I'm not, I can't go there, but we will <laughs> pick this back up. <laughs> After Thanksgiving, I want to thank everyone for listening, those who will uh, listen to the recorded show. If you have any questions, comments, or survivor stories, the direct number is 214-454-2933. Our email address is wearesurvivorsfoundation at gmail.com. And we want to thank God for you listening. We pray that something on the show may have said, touched your heart that lets you know that we are here to help you, support God, and listen, and also lift you up in the name of Jesus. We will always worship his holy name. Until the next show, everyone be blessed. Thank you. Thank you. Okay, keep your eyes closed. Okay. I want to show you my first ever painting. All right. Okay. Open your eyes. Oh, that's a lot of colors Mm -hmm. (laughs) and shapes. So be honest. What do you think? Well, uh, I like how if you switch to Geico, you could save hundreds of dollars on car insurance. Oh, yeah, that's, that's true. Yeah. Here, why don't I hold your paintbrush while you call them? Geico, because saving 15% or more on car insurance is always a great answer. This is what I've always wanted. Steve's got the stars. Got a big old cushy chair. It's nice. Today, premiere week keeps rolling with late night legend Jay Leno. How about that? Plus, Jordan Sparks. And coming Friday, Charlie Sheen and a performance by Leanne Rimes. It's all new and it's gonna be big. And it's all on Steve. Weekdays at 2 on NBC5. This is what I've always wanted. Steve's got the stars. Got a big old cushy chair. It's nice. Today, premiere week keeps rolling with late night legend Jay Leno. How about that? Plus, Jordan Sparks. And coming Friday, Charlie Sheen and a performance by Leanne Rimes. It's all new and it's gonna be big. And it's all on Steve. Weekdays at 2 on NBC5.